The following is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Well, welcome to Life as a Life Schooler. I'm Danielle Papa Giorgio. And I'm Christy Deacon. And today we're talking to David and Jason Benham. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Well, let me just start by reading your bio so I can introduce you to our listeners. Twin brothers David Benham and Jason Benham pretty much share everything. They shared a womb, shared a room, and now share an office. Oh, and they even share a neighborhood. Growing up in Texas, the brothers chose to both marry northern girls, Lori and Tori. Yes, those are their real names. After spending a few years in professional baseball, they each chose to hang up their spikes and move to Charlotte, North Carolina. They started the first business in 2003 and currently own several companies that span the globe. David and Lori have five kids and Jason and Tori have four kids. In 2014, they had their network television show, Flip It Forward, canceled because of their outspoken Christian beliefs. But God took that experience and built a platform for them to encourage Christians to live powerfully for Jesus in the areas of leadership, work, family, and culture. And they are also our keynote speakers for our upcoming 2017 Life Schooling Conference in Charlotte, North Carolina, July 13th through 15th. So welcome, David and Jason. We're excited. Thank you very much. And we, we're very much looking forward to that conference in July. Awesome. Well, we're really looking forward to having you guys. And I just I heard you speak at Ray Perry's conference a couple years ago. And just it was awesome. I thought you guys did an excellent job and really... Um, you just have a lot of wisdom, so I'm excited to hear what you have to say to our attendees at the conference as well. Um, and some of our listeners might not realize that your family is actually homeschool as well. So tell us a little bit about that, why you chose to homeschool. Well, this is David speaking, and Jason, whenever he speaks, he'll let you know who it is, but I, I'm the <laughs> older brother, so <laughs> I have to the ice because he gets nervous when he speaks first. <laughs> so I'll, I'll soften him a little bit, but... We chose to homeschool right out of the gate. I've got five kids. Jason has four, and, and my oldest right now is 17, and we go all the way down to the age of seven. Three boys, two girls. Awesome. And my wife, Lori, and I chose to homeschool first because we understand that our children are our number one responsibility. We, They are our priority. And, and so often in today's culture, especially with entrepreneurs or even blogger mommies or other things like that, we can easily have other agendas Mm -hmm. and our kids kind of take second sometimes third sometimes even fourth or fifth place but we've got to put them up to the top and nothing is more important than educating them and doing it the way that you guys describe it in life not just reading writing and arithmetic though that is important and vital uh, to well round them but to Mm -hmm. really train them for life and to train them in character and we both my wife and I felt like um, that, that they wouldn't get that in the standard school setting and so we decided, you know what, we're going to homeschool. So we started about 13 years ago and uh, have been involved and absolutely love it. We wouldn't change a thing. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's the opportunity to just disciple your children as you walk and as you sit. As uh, Deuteronomy, I guess it's 6 or 4, 6 through mm-hmm. 9. I always get it confused. But but, yeah, um, totally. <laughs> but it's so, so important. And and. You're right. It's it's so easy to lose that focus, even as homeschoolers. Even though we may that may be our initial reason for homeschooling, we just have to always keep that in mind that they are our number one um, priority after the Lord and our spouses. But um, 
I read know, this is Jason speaking too. Uh-huh. That you know, back in the day, the the primary reason for education, the primary mode was character development. Absolutely. That's what they said it wasn't trying to make kids book smart. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can be book smart but have no character, and then you end up being someone that can, can that can write an incredible uh, program through a technological code, and and they're using it as something that takes down computers, you know, and, and mm-hmm. puts viruses on people's computers. Yeah, you're you're book smart, but you've got no character. So we've got to get back yeah. to training kids in character. Absolutely, and I think there's this fear, and we talk about this a lot with life schooling, just that fear that motivates us, which is so wrong, we should do everything in faith, but that fear that if we, well, if we focus on the character and we do all of that, yeah, yeah, that's good, but are they really going to turn out smart? And in my experience, or, you know, educated, in my experience, they do, Um, and the key verse for our homeschool is in Matthew, um, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you and if you truly believe that it's true god blesses when we keep our priorities in line and when we focus first on the character and training them in righteousness that's right um so in your book i read your book whatever the cost and i absolutely loved it it's filled with wisdom if anyone who's listening hasn't picked up a copy you really need to Um, but i read how your father flip benham who I actually was um, privileged to be able to minister alongside him for a bit. Um, He was so involved in your upbringing, and it was really neat to read. But even though you weren't homeschooled, he was a very active father um, in your education and your upbringing. So how has that kind of influenced the two of you? And are you involved much in the homeschooling? And obviously, I assume, you know, you've kind of carried on that... um, from your father just being really actively involved like that? Well, homeschooling wasn't as big back in the day when David and I were teenagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we went to a, a small little Christian school, but essentially we were homeschooled. My dad's uh, office, because he was a pastor, was based in our house, so he was home when we were home. And, and he always took the time to do stuff with us and all sorts of things, more than what most parents get. Um, which is awesome because if you think about the verse Proverbs 22 6 train up a child in the way he should go and in the end he won't depart from it the Hebrew word for train up means to touch the palate of and what Hebrew moms used to do is take vegetables and chew them up real fine put a little piece of it on the tip of their finger and touch the palate of their baby with that food and that would create an appetite in that in the infant baby for that particular type of food and Every morning that we woke up, our dad was doing one of two things, either reading his Bible or on his knees in front of the couch praying. And our dad was touching our palates with that, although we didn't realize it at the time. And and in time, by the time we got to go to college at Liberty at 18, we had created that exact same, we, we actually had that exact same desire inside of us. And so what we learned was that true leadership is the ability to create an appetite in those who follow you and our dad did that for us and we're praying to God that we do that for our kids we are involved in the homeschooling of course I do the Bible and uh, I've been doing the history David does Bible as well but then like what you uh, the the school of thought that you have with life schooling we really like to take our kids with us wherever we can and just let them be around us try to get them Mm -hmm. engaged in some of the adult conversations that that we're having get them shaking people's hands and learning how to work hard those things are, are the things that are going to make them successful in life. 
you know, I'm a, I'm a boss. I mean, I know what it's like to run a company. The employees that I'm looking for, the future employees, they're not the ones that have the biggest, nicest, fattest resumes. They're the ones that come in, present themselves well, look me in the eye. I know they're honest. They're hardworking. You know, these are things that need to be taught when people are at, when the kids are at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, if they walk in and they got no character and, and they give me a little limp-wristed handshake, can't look me in the eye, but yet they're brilliant and smart, <laughs> chances are good I might not hire them. So that's why I love your life schooling approach. Right. Awesome. Um, in your book, you also you said something, and this just really, just really hit me because with this philosophy that we're talking about with life schooling, it just fits so well with that whole concept. But you say, as Christians, our work is our worship. The Hebrew word for worship, avodah, is also the same word used for work. Our work becomes worship when we do it with all of our might for the glory of the Lord. And again, I just love that. It fits right into what we're talking about because, you know, even in homeschooling, we often take this humanistic approach to education. You know, you get good grades, get into a good college so you can get a good job. In fact, sometimes we say to our kids, you hear this a lot, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's very self-focused. But with life schooling, it's all about finding our children's gifts, figuring out God's unique mission for their lives. What has he put into their hearts to do? And um, and so, so I think, you know, I really believe that Satan doesn't want us to view our children as these unique individuals with specific missions from the Lord. He really loves the type of homeschooling that's just factory model, treats all the children the same, and doesn't attempt to find their gifts so that they can take those gifts that God has given them and use them for the purpose that he has and the mission that he's called them to. So... Just kind of would like to get your thoughts on that whole aspect and and um, how you view that. Well, yeah, David and I love to say that, that you, your work is worship. That's God's primary method for us to worship Him. Work. There are three things that existed before the before sin entered the world: marriage, the Sabbath, and work. And so we have to recapture. This new definition of, I say new definition, it's new to a lot of people, but we have to recapture this old definition of, of work and worship that mm-hmm. both of them are meant to be the primary mechanisms through which we glorify God wherever we are. And so the beauty of that is it doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter where you're doing it. Uh, what really matters is why you're doing it. Right. You could be a stay-at-home mom changing diapers all day long for your triplets, and God is saying, complete that work. Do it as if I'm the one who gave you that assignment. Do it with all your heart. Do it to bring me glory, which means you're simply doing it your best. And uh, Or you could, be some, you could be a 16-year-old kid mowing lawns for the summer. Do it as if Jesus Christ is right there with you saying, hey, here's the job you need to do. Don't cut corners. Do your best. And when you do that with a heart, that actually says, thank you, God, that I can work. He receives that as worship. And when you're mm-hmm. worshiping God, then you're in that right relationship with Him. And you can't accomplish anything apart from being in the right relationship with God. It's like putting gas in your car. And so when we work like that, we're truly worshiping and the Lord. And let me jump in. This is David. Let me jump in real quick and shift that over to our children and the uniquenesses of each of our children uh, in the scripture Jason originally shared in Proverbs 22 6 train up a child in the way they should go and when they're old they won't depart from it the the 
training them up in the way they should go is not only in the way of principle, which is never changing, but it's also in their bent, mm-hmm. the way that they're designed and created by God. I mean, you got some A personalities and some D personalities. You've got it's just different love languages for each of our kids, and they're all different. And so we uh, we want that. What that means is that a parent, our number one agenda has to be our children and our family and our homes. It can't be everything else because the the kids will always get in the way. So that means that we need to spend time with them. There are statistics that are out there, and I don't have any that are fresh sitting right in front of me right now. But the average time that a mom or a dad spends in terms of quality time, like one-on-one individual quality time with their kids, is less than 10 minutes a day. And I've seen these wow. stats, and I don't have them sitting in front of me, but I know that to be true. I mean, you, you, you see this, and, and so the kids end up spending more time on their computer or their cell phone or, or mm-hmm. whatever else because we're not training them in the way they should go. And even me talking about this brings some conviction to me because we got to spend, that means we have to spend time with our kids so that we can know their specific giftings and anointings from the Lord so that we can then train them in that particular direction for their life. Exactly, exactly. That's so true. I don't know if um, there's a, a, one of the pioneer homeschoolers, so to speak, is named Chris Davis, and I don't know if you've heard any of... Um, of uh, his talks or read any of his work, but he talks about that verse specifically. Um, and it's really interesting when you understand that context, um, because truly we do need to to be looking for those gifts and to be spending time, like you said, with our children so that we can pick up on those things when we see those sparks of interest and, and the uh, talents um, showing up. Um, so clearly you have a gift for baseball. Christy, why don't you, let me turn it over to Christy, and she's got a few questions for you, and the gifts that um, that uh, you all have, and how you've used them for the Lord. Yeah, hi. Um, y'all, you don't know me, so I might just give you a little quick background, because I might make more sense with my questions. Um, my, my children are grown. I homeschooled them all the way through. They're grown, adults, married, and we're expecting our first grandchild. But when, yeah, but when my children were growing up, I have a daughter and a son, and my son loved baseball. He played um, as serious a baseball as you can without just kind of going in all crazy to prepare yourself to try and and play in college and and, uh, and minors. And when you were talking about, you know, finding their bent, it's a fluid thing because you're you're just kind of watching what your children do as they grow because their interests you know, they, they change. Some of them may stay steady, some of them they try things and then they don't want to do them anymore. And so finding their bent sometimes can be a very fluid process. You think it's one thing, it turns out to be another, that type thing as far as skills, talents, interests. And baseball was a huge one with my son and he was a good lefty pitcher, I tell you what. But we got to the point at one point where we waffled on this thing about um Sports. We, I really didn't want to put him in school because of sports. And back when we were home educating, there were not these wonderful um, homeschool leagues like there are now with these you know, pros who coach the teams and, and all. It's really greatly changed. But sometimes parents now will still um, hesitate at around the high school age to keep their sons and daughters 
at home and home educating them because they feel like this whole sports issue, maybe they're really talented and wouldn't it be great to get a, a scholarship to college and so forth, and well, they think they need to immediately put them into school. Now, I know that that's not the answer, but it actually keeps um, people from home educating or continuing to home educate and it, you know, it can be a great love. I know you understand this because I believe you love the game of baseball and you certainly went far in it and, and did well and you understand the value of sports. So I was just wondering, you know, when, when parents are considering at home educating, what would you say to them in consideration of sports? And what value do you put on it with, with your own children? Yeah, the, first of all, this is David speaking, and first I would say, um, that, that sports and anything can become an idol. I mean, anything. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. homeschooling or even shopping curriculum sales or whatever, that can become <laughs> an idol. Anything True. that impedes our devotion to the Lord uh, can be an idol. So, But certainly, culturally speaking, sports is a major idol uh, in American culture. Um, yeah. We see it now. Back when Jason and I were playing, uh, it was just starting on the horizon of playing baseball on Sundays. Well, now it's weekend tournaments, and that's what you just have to do. And and coaches want you to travel and spend a thousand dollars on a, a travel baseball team, and you're not in church anymore. But oh, the parents have got to do it because you've got to get a scholarship for your kid. Well, that's just it's 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 become very much so idolatry. At the mm-hmm. same time. Sports can teach valuable lessons. The Apostle Paul was pouring into young Timothy, and he talked to him about uh, a hardworking farmer, a soldier, and an athlete. And he gave the uh, he basically drew an analogy of the kingdom of God advancing, and he used farmers, soldiers, and athletes because being a farmer really teaches you a lot about the kingdom, but also being a soldier really teaches you a lot about the kingdom of God but also being an athlete competing according to the rules um, being willing to be in, be involved in something that's greater than yourself serving your teammates and all of these things so it can be a great tool for training it's just got to be put in its proper context and, and one of the ways we were growing up and by the time we got into high school and we were actually playing on some travel teams we made a commitment that we wouldn't play on Sunday and, uh, and that's also for our kids. They do play sports. Uh, my son is 17. He was one of the top-rated uh, basketball players in the state uh, for his age group. But we wouldn't play on Sundays. And, man, the coaches just had such a hard time. And I told mm-hmm. my, son, my son Bailey, I said, listen, the Lord's Day, Jesus is our Sabbath rest. But uh, And so I'm not dogmatic about one day or over another. However, I do want one day a week where we are not obligated to this sport and where we are going to say, God, you matter more than us playing a, a sport. And it's a way for us to honor the Lord. And my son really caught on to it. And now uh, that he's older, he even thanked me. He said, Dad, thanks a lot for not letting me play on Sunday because I really value the rest and the relaxation that we get together as a family on Sundays. So. That's one of the ways that we prevent it from becoming an idol, but we also embrace it and allow it to teach, uh, you know, sports. That's yeah, that's great. I think that's wonderful. And I know what you mean. When Michael, my son, was coming to the end of his, I, 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 he's a 
younger than you, but not, we're still in that window of where it was starting the Sunday things and the tournaments. I know what you're talking about, and um, I agree with you totally on that. And it's it's a uh, it, and you're right. I agree with you about that. It, it can be an idol. I, you know, any sport can. I agree with you on that. That's that's very good input, and I appreciate that. Um, I was wondering too when y'all were filming the show. Was HTV? Was it? HGTV. HGTV. Um, and were you also homeschooling at that time? I'm assuming you were. We were, yes. Was what was that like? Or did you integrate that into your life schooling? Were the children there, or did they get to learn through that experience? Oh yeah, this is Jade speaking. We we had them come out to set a lot, even to the point where the production company started setting up a different craft table just for our kids to eat. <laughs> So that's great. Wanted them to be a part of what we were doing. Of course, as our kids have gotten older, we've been able to bring them out to uh, different venues whenever we go speak and, and those types of things. But when we were doing HG, we wanted the kids to be a, be a part of it. That's wonderful, and I'm sure that's got great memories for them. They'll they'll never forget. I think it's wonderful to watch what your parents actually do. I used to wonder what in the world my mother did while I was at school all day. <laughs> and and the house was always clean. We always had food and all that good stuff. And then when I got older, I actually asked her what she did and found out she did all these really cool things. So I think it's wonderful that your children are watching you do these wonderful things. I can only imagine the seeds that are being planted. Um, you know, and I, I counsel with homeschool parents or parents who are on the fence about homeschooling. And they have, you know, a myriad of reasons of why they might not want to homeschool. What, what would you say to parents who are considering homeschooling, but they're still on the fence? Well, I would say first, the word homeschool often carries a bad connotation with it. Mm-hmm. I like you pets calling it home educating. Yeah. Or life schooling, you're rebranding it. Because <laughs> homeschooling typically carries with it the thought that all the girls have to wear dresses to their ankles, the boys have hair party right down the middle and their pants jacked up to their armpits and there's <laughs> 12 kids running out of a 15 passenger van this which that's that's fine you know, whatever, but that's not really where it is right now and right. I, think, uh, I think homeschooling scares a lot of kids that don't want to be like that, but it might also scare parents when they think about the fact that, that the education is now placed on their shoulders, which God is the one that places the education burden on the parents' shoulders from the get-go. And even when they send their kids off to school, if, if that's something God calls them to do, they still are the ones who should be responsible for the primary education of the kid. Mm-hmm. The problem yes. is that parents just siphon that off, and then it becomes so easy for the parents. Even in, uh, what's the Christmas song um, where it says the kids are kids are away, <laughs> the kids are gone, the parents oh, can't yeah. wait till school. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yes. I was thinking about that the other you know, day. Mom and dad can't wait for school to start again. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, a lot like <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, even in that song, it just shows you how the paradigm is so off. It's yeah. like, well, why would the parents be like that? Because they came to expect and, uh, and enjoy the relaxation of comfort of not having their kids around because their kids become a pain. Yep. Right? And, and they see their kids as a burden and not a blessing. That's because they don't have the right eyes through which they see their kids. Look, there are days when I'm not real happy with my kids. I mean, come on, I'm a parent. But we have to see our kids as blessings. So number one, for the parent thinking about homeschooling, your kids are blessings. Mm-hmm. Don't take those blessings and just siphon them off to just anybody. Educate them at home. 
teach them life lessons wherever you go and everything that you do as a family is going to be educating them so number one for the parent would be just just be the real deal live the life you want your kids to live and then you can begin to teach them things and expose it with your mouth but your life has to match up with it first mm-hmm. absolutely that's that's an excellent point thank you for that well um, if there's nothing else that you want to add to that Christy or um, guys if you have anything else to add I'll go ahead and um, wrap up the show and just say thank you we really enjoyed having you guys on with us today hey thanks for having us and we really look forward to the conference in July yeah we're really looking forward to it too and thank you listeners for joining us don't forget to register for the life schooling conference where you're actually going to get to hear more from David and Jason just go to lifeschoolingconference.com and get all the details to sign up and get regular updates Until next time, happy life schooling.